Hi everyone, welcome back to another Gemini Talking. I missed a week, oopsies, um, because my beats broke and those are my only headphones that have like a headphone jack. But uh, yeah, so I just like could not figure out that problem. <laughs> and then now I'm using Zofia's headphones. So thank you, Zofia. I also woke up today with a cold. So this is what my voice sounds like now. And I occasionally will sniffle. <laughs> so get used to that. I think I've also been avoiding this podcast for this past week because... I guess I was doing euphoria charts and I want to keep doing them, but I just don't feel like doing that for my next episode. I just tried to get into it, but I did not feel like it. I just could not read the chart. (laughs) I looked at it. I tried. It was not happening. So instead, we're just going to do some general astrological thoughts, um, really relating mostly to this past full moon in Virgo, um, how that's like the last full moon of this like zodiacal year. And well, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It actually just turned Aries season today. So happy new year. Happy astrological new year. Um, I think it's really interesting how the full moon was so close to the sun going into Aries. Um, so the full moon happened, I don't even freaking know what day it happened. I think it was like three days ago, maybe the 17th or the 18th. I don't really feel like looking it up to be honest. Um, but I did feel it as I do. I do tend to feel the moon. I am a cancer rising, (laughs) so I'm ruled by the moon and full moons and new moons, um, tend to hit me pretty heavy. So just like general knowledge around the moon, it has phases, as we all know, we see 28 days <laughs> and at the 14th, wait, 14th, 14th day mark, uh, that's when the moon is full. And I feel like I'm explaining this in a confusing way, but essentially, okay, let's start out with the new moon. Nothing's in the sky. There actually is a whole moon in the sky, but you can't really see it because it's all shaded out. Um, And the new moon is where we go to set our intentions and we plant plant the little seeds to manifest. And we really think about what we want to accomplish within this 28-day cycle. So then the moon slightly grows and grows and finally becomes full and when the moon is full that is when we take a look back and we we're not like a not look back necessarily but just to look around and see what has come with the work that we put into it um what has manifested and we like kind of just take that all into account and see the parts that we want to shed see the parts that aren't working for us and that we need to just let go of and then we keep going back to the new moon again and it's those cycles and then in between those there's obviously different phases that mean different things but I don't feel like talking about them yeah I was born on the full moon so I feel a lot of that energy I tend to get really tired on the new moon which is interesting because then I usually don't 
feel like manifesting. I'm like, oh, whatever. I feel like I usually have more energy when the full moon comes around and I'm like, oh, I want to make changes. I want to do all these things. But usually that's when it's like not necessarily the best time to be putting new ideas out into the universe. It's more to like wrap things up. Um, and yeah, this new moon or excuse me, this full moon, I kind of did some things that, I don't know, it felt like these choices that I made did push change in my life in some type of way. And usually I would associate that with like the new moon energy. But with this, it did feel like it was wrapping up. It was like these changes that um, might like enact more change in my life felt like it was coming full circle with things from the past without getting too <laughs> specific about what it was. I feel like I just felt really called to do this one thing in my life and then I did it and then I was like, oh my god, the new moon's in... Wait, why do I keep saying that? The full moon's in Virgo. Like, that's not a coincidence because it had to do with the person who has a Virgo moon. That was just, you know, general feeling of, wow astrology is lining up and I'm not even really paying attention to it. <laughs> it just happens to be happening and I'm taking note of it. Yeah, now the sun has moved into Aries. It feels like my little new year, even though I didn't like celebrate or anything. But oh, well, I guess I did like make a playlist. I made an Aries inspired playlist and it's just like songs that give me Aries energy. Lots of like swearing <laughs> and like uh album art with red tones in it uh yeah that's that's giving me aries and honestly great playlist it's done wonders so far and i'm only one day in i feel like i truly started to be consistent about my practice with astrology when i realized that i was paying attention to what season it was um, in terms of like sun sign season and I think it was maybe around like either 2018 or 2019 where I was like oh my god the sun's going into Aries and now I can finally pay attention to each month and be cognizant of the sun slightly changing through these seasons and now it just gives me more of like an intuitive understanding of how the month might play out or what type of energies might be coming up. And I'm always pretty excited for Aries season. I do love Pisces. Not Pisces season as like a whole. I, I can't even think of like a general season like in practice that is good for me. I guess I'll have to think about that. Leo season is usually pretty fun but I love Pisces like as an archetype but Pisces season is usually just like all right let's wrap it up it's like carrying all this baggage and I'm like ready to move on to the next life you know and with Aries season starting at the spring equinox it just starts this beautiful season of spring my favorite season because even though I was born in June, I was born in the spring at the end of it. And I always really enjoy the spring because of all 
of the new life and April Fool's Day and 420 and um, seeing flowers and eating my lunch outside. Like, I just love it when you're able to step outside and the, the temperature is the same from inside and you're like, oh, I don't even need a jacket good times and that's Aries season (laughs) also Aries season is odd in the way in like the New England way of like it might be really nice out or like we might still get a snow day I'd say in the past 10 years (laughs) maybe I'm making this up in my head but I think that we like still end up having snow days in late March and early April so that's pretty interesting also I'm gonna be flying to California during Aries season so pretty excited for that hope um the Mars energy doesn't fuck me up too bad but I don't know I haven't really taken too far of a look into the actual transits of what will be going on I guess we can go over like the basics of the basics for Aries right it's the first sign rules the head if you have big Aries placements maybe you get headaches sometimes I don't know Aries, color red, um, ruled by Mars, which is like aggression and action and like physical presence. What else? It's ruled by the ram? Or is that Taurus? That's the bull. I feel like ram and bull are like too similar of animals to me. Like I don't even fucking get the difference. (laughs) Like they both have horns, right? And it shows up in the glyph. Like they're both like horn centric so I kind of get those confused and when they're right next to each other it's like at least like Scorpio and Virgo aren't right next to each other but I don't know I guess the glyphs don't look too similar because Taurus has a little circle in it but yeah back to Aries um Aries does want to talk about itself so let's get back on that Sayana Aries when I think of Aries I'm like yeah that's sexy that's like hot (laughs) Aries are always like pretty confident and I feel like with them it's like you get what you get and like they're it's kind of like pretty surface level in the way that like you're not just gonna get to know them and suddenly they switch it up on you I feel like they're just like real I'm real by Ja Rule and JLo great song I think I put that on my Aries playlist (laughs) Aries is also like pretty impulsive, um, (laughs) impulsive. I wonder if the Paul brothers, I feel like they're Tauruses, right? Let's look it up. The Paul brothers. Logan Paul is, oh my God, Logan Paul's an Aries. Wouldn't you know? And he has a podcast called Impulsive. (laughs) And then Jake Paul is a Capricorn. Disgusting. I fucking hate them everyone's like go logan paul lately and i'm like do we just forget that he's a terrible human being too uh but that fight with him and uh floyd mayweather it was hilarious i was like when are you guys gonna kiss they were just hugging the whole time i feel like floyd mayweather is also an aries right floyd mayweather no he's like a pisces that's interesting i don't know i feel like aries it gives me boxing energy and like UFC fighting because it's like Mars, anger, I'm gonna fight you, here are my fists, boom boom. Not saying that for all Aries, but for the hot ones, like definitely. 
Okay, now I'm going to go quickly over, like, my first impression of each of the planets in Aries. And this is, like, silly joking Sayana, like, just giggling and having fun. So if you want, like, a serious reading instead, pay me $33 and we could talk about it. <laughs> so when I see an Aries sun, I'm like, this person is a leader. They just want to do things their own way and carve their own path in the world. And I respect that. I feel like for Aries suns, they're, like, they really bring that, like, what you see is what you get for me, where I'm like, Aries just tend to say what they mean. I feel like they're just pretty literal with the way they express themselves and uh, communicate themselves, and they're like, this is just what I mean. I guess that can also go for, like, Mercury and Aries, because that's how you communicate. But Aries sun in general, this, like, bringing it back to your ego, like, the sun really likes to be an Aries. It's exalted there. Um, and it just like gives you, gives these people a very strong sense of self and knowing like, this is me and I'm in the world and this is what I want to do. So I'm going to go do it. And I love that. I love how Aries just go and do things because <laughs> sometimes I can't make a decision and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that the Aries at least made a decision and I can go follow them because they're the leader. Follow the leader. Aries moon, on the other hand, brings this... Um, action and puts it inward so I feel like this is where the impulsivity can come out because that's more so like making mental actions and decisions and like but also including that like emotional volatile part of like oh this just happened now I'm gonna like switch up and make this new decision that was like not specific at all <laughs> I feel like the moon doesn't necessarily like to me and Aries because it squares Cancer. Cancer instead is where the moon is at home. So like this is where it's able to naturally be able to reflect and like hold space for emotions and nostalgia. Whereas Aries moon is very focused on like moving forward and can have trouble reflecting on the past or like taking a minute to pause and like think about how their actions are affecting themselves and other people and obviously that can be like dependent on the type of Aries moon you are and if you've done the work to be more cognizant of that. I feel like the Aries moons that I have always known have been very like funny though <laughs> and I don't know if that's because like April Fool's Day is around here maybe April Fool's Day was invented when there was an Aries new moon. That's my projection. But yeah, always really hilarious because they just like say whatever shit comes to their mind. <laughs> and I love that. Aries and Mercury, on the other hand, also says shit that comes to their mind. Um, and this usually happens with like less of a filter because like Aries is Mars. Mars is this like really fast energy. It's just moving, moving, moving. And when it is connected to Mercury, connected to your mouth, the way you speak, the way you communicate, it's like blah, 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 blah. Kind of like a Gemini. But a Gemini, Mercury is more like, do, 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 do. <laughs> you can't see my little hand motion, so it's not making sense. But it's like jumping from topic to topic to topic. Whereas Aries is just kind of like, this doesn't sound kind, but like steamrolling the information out, just like getting all of it out. And then like stopping and realizing maybe not everything I said 
is true or what I meant, but just like getting out all the words that even came to mind, if that makes sense. I feel like Aries Mercury, when I think of it, it's definitely like someone who swears, <laughs> doesn't have much of a filter, can say things that they don't necessarily mean, but also is like the first to raise their hand in class or like to give a new suggestion and to um, speak up for themselves or other people. Like the thing I really admire about Aries Mercury is that like they're not afraid to speak their mind and to um, stay true to themselves and say like, I don't agree with you. Like they're really able to disagree um, in a way that's like forward and not passive aggressive. Maybe sometimes regular aggressive, but it's, it's not being in around the bush. Aries Venus uh this you know Venus doesn't necessarily love to be an Aries uh it's in detriment here opposite Libra Aries that um there are some beautiful traits about Venus and Aries that I have found Venus and Aries is all about the chase they just love the idea of what a relationship could be or they might like see someone and imagine this life and like want to figure out how or not, okay, I take that back. I don't think they imagine a whole life, but they see someone find some type of interest in them and then want to, like, solve the puzzle of how, like, they could get to know them. But then Aries and Mercury, not Mercury, <laughs> Aries Venus can also, like, kind of get bored if they, like, do that whole chase and then suddenly there's not as much excitement and as much movement and chaos or um anything like that and it's like oh all right we're shifting from Aries to Taurus and it's getting a little boring um coming from me someone with a Venus and Taurus I uh, love the boring part of love I feel like Venus can be in its detriment in Aries because Venus can is often about not often, it is representative of relationships which are with other people and with Libra, it's very much, which is the opposite of Aries, it's very much thinking of other people. Whereas Aries is thinking about the self, themselves. They're like wondering how a relationship is going to benefit them first and foremost, which can be a negative thing sometimes and also can be a positive thing, which it, with like just keeping in mind like your own standards and knowing like what you want in a relationship and knowing that like you're not going to settle for something less because if the excitement's not there then it's like wasting time essentially and I feel like other Venus signs like maybe Venus and Taurus or like Venus in the eighth house can get stuck in a relationship and not know even if they want to end it or if they want to end it, know how to exit it. Whereas Venus and Aries is not going to like stick around in something that they're not interested in. Uh, or if they do stick around in it, maybe they'll fool around on the slide. But that's not every Venus and Aries, obviously. Mars, however, is very comfortable in Aries. This is where Mars is at home along with in Scorpio. Mars and Aries is, <laughs> I keep bringing this up, it's like I don't have enough words to be an astrologer, but like literally what you see is what you get. Like they are so easily able to like take action and go out in the world and like get things done. Like 
this is a very active placement just in the way that they move their body or needing to stay busy in order to like feel like a person um and this also is usually a placement where like there is a distinct relationship to anger so whether that's being like very volatile and like over the top and like screaming whatever like that definitely can be one type of Mars and Aries or it's just like being very in tune with like what makes you angry or if you're like easily irritable like um knowing that there might be a lot of those triggers but the good thing about Mars and Aries is like they don't tend to linger on that anger for too long fire signs usually feel it all a heavy amount in a small frame of time and then once they work through it, okay, it's diffused and we're just waiting for the next time that it might come up, which could be any time. And the way that Aries works through it can often be through like sex or physically moving their body, just something to do with like being able to ground themselves within their body and know that they're a person on the world. So those are my very quick interpretations of the personal signs in Aries and obviously that all is relative to your own birth chart like when the planets are placed in these houses that creates their own different spin and twist and flavor and whatever and then you can see the planets talking to themselves or to not to themselves to other planets um creating aspects which can also add another flavor onto it um but those are like just my general observations and if someone were to tell me they're like personal planets without me seeing their chart that's probably what i would like automatically think but i forgot to talk about aries rising and aries rising is arguably i don't even i, I don't really think too many people would argue about this but like the best rising you can have because it just sets up your chart to naturally lay out the way it's supposed to so in modern astrology, Aries rules the first house, Taurus rules the second, Gemini the third, so on and so forth, till you get to the twelfth house, which would be ruled by Pisces. So unless you had an, an interception, all of the houses are naturally ruled by their natural ruler. <laughs> How many times can you say natural? But essentially, whenever I see an Aries rising, this is definitely the Aries placement I think I would be most envious of, aside from an Aries sun, because I see these people that as just like people who come to the world with this natural confidence and the ability to navigate the world very intuitively. Like they just understand how the houses work. <laughs> like they understand that like, for example, in the sixth house of daily routine would be ruled by Virgo. So they understand that, like, when you go to work, you have to act like a Virgo. You got to be organized. You got to, like, be consistent and reliable. And then they get to the seventh house, Libra. They understand in relationships you have to open up to another person and have an equal give and take and um, open line of communication, whatever and whatever. But yeah, I think that in my like own biased opinion of familial astrology, getting an Aries rising is usually pretty good. Like you'd want to give your child an Aries rising because it's just setting them up to have a strong sense of self 
and also a strong sense of curiosity and mostly like motivation to go out and get things done yeah those are my general thoughts on Aries I have like absolutely zero Aries in my chart it's intercepted I don't have any first house influence my Mars doesn't really have anything special going on with it it's just like conjunct my Sun and Mercury so I feel like it's pretty overpowered by my Sun and yeah, but despite that, I do really love Aries energy in other people. And I think that I would love to marry an Aries, so. Or at least spend a day as one. It, I, I just would love to know what is going on in your, your mind. Your fast, fast mind. And I would love to, like, feel so embodied <laughs> in my own body. That I think that's the thing I'm most jealous of. I'm not jealous of the headaches. I do know most Aries and Aries, heavily Aries-influenced people really do deal with the headaches. Sorry about that, guys. One kind of, like, I don't know if it's unpopular, just, like, not talked about opinion of mine that I have with Aries is I really love the relationship it has to Pisces and then with Taurus. Like, I find so many random similarities with each of the signs or, like, very beautiful complementary things. I mean, like, I think it's more obvious with uh, Aries and Taurus because it's, like, Mars and Venus playing out. Um, but I think it also happens with Pisces just in the way like this it comes out in this like wild imagination or um hopeless romantic <laughs> view of the world where I think for Aries it's more like oh anything can happen I was just born <laughs> okay guys I'm a baby I was just born there nothing has happened in my life so far I totally just forgot my past life and Essentially, these are like all the possibilities that could happen. Whereas Pisces has gone through its whole life. It's at the end of the chart, the wheel. And it's like, these are all the things that were possible in life and that I have learned from other people. And I know that there's just so... I feel like Pisces just has a lot of perspective in that. And also a lot of hope and um, wonder. And what are opposite those signs? Uh, Virgo and... Libra. So I wonder if Virgo and Libra maybe suffer from being a little bit too in their own mind with like the possibilities of what's going on. Like they're very much on earth. Um, I don't know. I think of Aries as a sign that's very much on earth. <laughs> that's just my own psionic classifications <laughs> for signs. They're like not a common thing. I just came up with it on my own. So I'm going to give you, I feel like this is like synesthesia for astrology for me. So Aries, very on earth. Okay. They're ruled by the head. <laughs> so I don't know if that has to do with being on earth, but they're okay. They're ruled by Mars, which is like in my head of like being embodied, being like a person on the earth. As I said so many times in this podcast, Taurus on earth. They're so on earth. They're fixed. They're earth sign. All this, all the earth signs are on earth, obviously. But Taurus, yeah, um, they love to indulge in the luxurious parts of life and rule, you know, nature, all that good stuff. 
when I think of Taurus, I think of a little bull, <laughs> as we all do, but one specifically in the middle of a meadow with like some bees <laughs> chilling. I don't know. Seems pretty earthly to me. Gemini, not on earth. Geminis are not on earth, but he, oh, ooh, another part of my Gemini mind just challenged me because Geminis are people. We are a people sign. We're the twins. That's our like little thing and like humans are on earth. So I don't know, but they are ruled by Mercury, which is like not on earth, but Mercury also rules Virgo, which is on earth. Oh, <laughs> this is complicated. I think that Gemini is much less on earth than Virgo though. I would definitely argue that. I don't really have my reasoning for Gemini yet. Cancer. <sighs> I would argue that cancer is not on earth, but is often thinking about earth because they're like not really in the present most of the time, but I would argue that they're on earth because, you know, they're family and they're at the bottom of the chart. The fourth house is like anchoring. Leo? Leo's on earth. Yeah, they're pretty on earth. Virgo's on earth. Libra, not on earth. Scorpio, not on Earth. Uh, Sagittarius, not on Earth. Capricorn, on Earth. Aquarius, not on Earth. Pisces, not on Earth. Um, I know I didn't give any explanations for Beyond Cancer, uh, but yeah, that's my classifications for now. They can and maybe will, probably will change because uh, obviously I disagreed with myself so many times right then and there. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, half hour. I'm going to guesstimate this is going to be a half hour. I never know how long these podcasts are going to be because it doesn't tell me in GarageBand. I just kind of guesstimate, but they all end up being around a half hour. I think that's as long as I can talk without like running out of things to say. I hope you've enjoyed maybe this half hour of me talking, uh, an amalgamation of my thoughts surrounding Aries. I had a little bit going on about the full moon there I think and then we went into what were we just talking about <laughs> I couldn't tell you <laughs> whatever we were just talking about um I'll see you next week hopefully I'll be back with the euphoria characters let me know if you want to hear that I have not heard any thoughts on my podcast getting a little worried it's just me listening these five times <laughs> but also be your own biggest fan. That's that's what I gotta say. I'm trying to walk it like I talk it. <laughs> Remember that song, Good Times. I've really been getting into like my old music lately. And by old music, I mean like 2000s and higher. On my Aries playlist, I put a lot of like early 2000s songs. I specifically have been getting back to 2013, which is a little random because it's like not long enough ago to be like throwback throwback, but it's like throwback to high school, right? Fetty Wap, he made some bangers and they still hold up to this day, I'm telling you. And I feel like if I put it on at a party, it's like hit or miss because it's like either everyone's gonna understand like the girls who get it, get it, or they're gonna be like, why the fuck did you just put on Fetty Wap's like 679 by Fetty Wap? But I'm gonna be like, why are you even questioning that? Like get out of my house. I feel like my April Fool's party is a really good place to try that out because if it goes wrong, I could be like April Fool's, 
but also I kind of just want to stick up for Betty Wop. I, I am confident in my decision to listen to again. I want you to be mine again, baby. Oh, great song. And even Trap Queen, like, oh, I can't even, can't even explain the genius, geniusery, geniusery around that. Speaking of geniuses, I have not watched the genius Kanye documentary yet documentary yet I think it's like a three-part series if I'm not mistaken but I haven't even like gone beyond the preview on Netflix because I've been meaning to watch it with Isabel but I just have not seen Isabel but yeah I do need to watch that especially before I go see him I'm gonna go freaking see Kanye guys <laughs> when I go to California <laughs> what if I meet him that'd be crazy I don't even know what I would say I'd be like Jesus was a great album. I'm mainly going um, to, oh, I didn't even say I'm going to Coachella, but I'm going so I can see Brockhampton performed for the last time. I'm not going the second week. I'm going the first week. So it's technically the second to last time, but um, I'm really counting on one of them falling in love with me, but I have a specific one that I want to fall in love with me, but they have a girlfriend. So uh, I don't know. I, I think I wouldn't mind if someone else fell in love with me, but it just would also hurt a little bit. But I had a dream last night that one of them fell in love with me, and it went out pretty good. Um, also, Isabel had a dream. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing her dreams, but that she was with Kevin Abstract. And I'm like, this has got to be a sign. <laughs> I don't know what sign it is, um, but it's some type of billboard. Who else am I going to see? I'm going to see Harry Styles. Can't wait. On Friday. I haven't seen him since he was with 1D, baby. So I'm so excited to see him solo. And I'm going to be solo too. I'm going to be by myself. So it's just going to be me and him. And and many thousands of other people. I'm also going to see Billie Eilish. I've Before, when I like bought the tickets, I wasn't even too excited to see Billie. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to see her, you know? But then, lately, I've been, like, kind of gearing up, like, listening to my Billy in the shower. And I'm like, I forgot how much, like, I really do know her music and I love her voice. So, excited for that. That's on the same day as Brockhampton and then Kanye's the next day. And I feel like there's a few other people that I'm excited to see. Oh, but Megan thinks Stallion, obviously. Um, but I don't really remember specifics in my head. Um, I just know you're all so jealous of my glamorous life. Can't wait to camp <laughs> with my little tent. I'm bringing a tent on the airplane with me. So, yeah, just glamorous, luxurious things. Life of a preschool teacher, what can I say? I still have to find or buy my plane tickets, which is kind of stressing me out, but say la vie. C'est la vie. So this is going to be like my 13th outro, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the pod. <laughs> Give it a like and a thumbs up and uh, an upvote. I couldn't think of like another version of that. Give it five stars and a review and a video response. And also subscribe and click that little bell in the corner for notifications. This is not YouTube. I think the only one of those things that I mentioned you can do is five stars. I I gave it a five stars. But then again, I am my own biggest fan. I guess I keep doing outros because I'm like, I don't know how to just like 
say bye like to just be like okay it's over now <laughs> I just keep like coming up with a new thing to say so I'm just gonna be like okay bye